Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Awakened Soul Podcast. I am the Content King, aka Mr. Hayes, aka the Red Bearded Assassin, aka the Dad by God. In this week's episode, we are bringing Marco from the Hear Me Out Podcast, and uh, we're going to be continuing that that uh, that series on uh, Creative Minds. This one's Volume Two. Uh, great conversation with me and Marco about him starting as a creative, uh, the whole creative landscape, his entryway, how he stays motivated as a creative. But that's not all we're bringing to you this week. We're also going to have the end of mine of Hayes segment where I'm going to get into a couple of more recent topics, but I also have another segment. I don't know what I'm going to call this one or what it is, but this one is more about, I'll let you guys hear when you get to it. It's, it's kind of about how the term woke has been taken all over the place. And this is partially brought on by uh, the clip from Bill Burr on Saturday Night Live. But we're not just talking about that because that kind of focused on white women we're gonna more so talk about how the term woke has been co-opted in general it's it's starting and overall why white people in in general as woke as as woke as they may be can only really understand our plight so much as black people so we're going to be getting into all that on this week's episode of the awakened soul so without further ado let's get into our intro music and i'll catch you guys on the other side of that with the in the mind of Hayes segment see you there the following is a breaks media podcast You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. All right, so we have officially stepped into my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind. I got two topics this week for you in the week on, on in the in the mind of Hayes segment. The first one that we're going to be getting into is this whole thing has kind of blown up with Adam Silver saying that next year they're not going to be allowing the messages on uh, jerseys. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and get into the clip. The NBA has certainly been the most visible billion dollar organization championing social justice and civil rights. As you noted in your press conference the other day, though. That has not been universally popular. How committed are you to being that going forward? We're completely committed to standing for social justice and racial equality. And that's been the case going back decades. It's part of the DNA of this league. How it gets manifested is something we're going to have to sit down with the players and discuss for next season. I would say in terms of the messages you see on our court, on the jerseys, this was an extraordinary moment in time mm -hmm. when we when we began the discussions with the players and what we all lived through this summer. My sense is there'll be somewhat a return to normalcy, that those messages 
messages will largely be left to be delivered off the floor. And I understand those people who are saying, I'm, I'm on your side, mm-hmm. but I want to watch a basketball game. All right. And so this has had understandable backlash from people, especially I think the line in which he said he, they, he understands people just want to watch a basketball game. And while I think some of the backlash from this is warranted, just because of the way that the comment was, was worded, but also because also how it isn't. Because overall, as far as Sports League allowing their stars to take a stance verbally, use the platform, we know that uh, – LeBron James wore I can't breathe shirt in the pregame nothing was said about it as far as like him that he couldn't wear that this is always this has always happened the NBA has been one of the best leagues in regards to allowing players to have a voice when it comes to social justice issues and never really not letting that voice be heard or or, or to try to critique it um but the thing with the messages on the back of the jersey so far the way that I look at it is that this bubble situation it came in a time it's, it's such a special circumstance, right? It came in a time where uh, we had the George Floyd thing, it, the, the protests were going on. And so the NBA being ahead of the curve, as they usually are, allowed their players to allow players to express their thoughts feelings and emotions on what was going on by having messages on the back of their jerseys now it wasn't required that the message be social justice related because not every player did especially some of the foreign players but i so when when that was originally we have to understand when that was originally put into place it wasn't for social justice originally now it's it's good they allowed it to be done that way but i think the bubble was such a unique circumstance that i can understand why they wouldn't allow messages on the back of the jersey in general going into the re- the the next regular season and trying to get everything more back to the normal status quo now they're not going to be at least until until that it's shown i'm not going to believe that they're going to be trying to quiet any of their players voices or say their players can't wear certain shirts or say other players can't use use the platform to speak out on injustices i'm just not going i'm not going to believe that until it's shown but when you when you when you have someone that says Let's just uh, or people just want to watch a basketball game again. That's that's something that even Ray made my eyebrow raise. So I'm like, huh? Like I think I, knowing what I, or seeing what I've seen from Adam Silver for basically my whole life, my whole adult life, caving under pressure or whatever. I think this was probably always the plan. Uh, the way that the question was presented to him, he answered it in a way that was respectful to the conversation. That's just my opinion. Like I said, I I understand people taking note with the way that it was said, but I just overall I think um that. That the NBA is just gonna it's going to get back to what it's always done, and it's always allowed its players to speak out. And I don't want people to lose sight of that. Just focusing on the fact that maybe a misworded and people. Hell, I've done it here. I say things uh, in the passion. I don't necessarily think about it, and it can come off a certain way. Um, so that's what I'm hoping it is. That's just my stance on it. I'm not saying that that's what anybody else's stance. I'm not saying I don't understand people being frustrated over people having issues with it. I'm not saying that at all. So I want to make that clear. That is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I'm giving my opinion on where that lies. Now, later in the show, we're going to get into my my strong opinion on some of injustice and, and, and racial things specifically. But I just I don't see this as being one of those. Um. But that, like I said, that just may completely be my opinion. We'll continue to see. We'll continue to monitor it. As you guys know, I'm, I'm, I watch everything, so I'm a uh, stay on top of it. And if it does change, I'll be one of the first ones to call it out and sit here and say that I don't like the the changes that are being made. If the NBA is going to going to start not allowing their players to be as boisterous as they always heard, but that's it. Not going to belabor that anymore. Kind of focus on it, but I definitely wanted to speak on it. Next topic that we have here in the in the minor Hayes segment. Now, Tory Lanez has been charged with felony assault in the Megan The Stallion shooting. Mm. Now. 
Charged with one count of assault with a semi-automatic firearm and one count of carrying a loaded, concealed firearm in a vehicle, the rapper, whose real name is Daystar Peterson, will face one felony count each of assault with a semi-automatic firearm and carrying a loaded, unregistered firearm in a vehicle. I'd be remiss if I did not comment on the updates because I had a whole in the mind of Hayes segment on it before and i had a video on youtube for it. it's one of my more popular or more watched i shouldn't say popular more watched videos on youtube uh since we've kind of been uh focusing more on the content there and a lot of responses from that were from surprisingly black men oh well tory story this tory story that why hasn't he been charged well all of that has now gone away because tory lanes has been charged with felony with a felony in the shooting of Megan the Stallion. And if he is convicted of this, I believe it carries a maximum sentence of up to 22 years. And I get it. People are saying, well, let's see how it goes. Let's see what comes out in the case, if they're going to officially make, uh, if he's going to officially go to jail or whatever. But the thing that I want to focus on here is whether you believe he's guilty or innocent. Overall, that's not our place to make that determination, right? I can say all day that it might me personally, I believe Megan the Stallion's story. If you don't, then you don't. That's completely up to you. But I think what we need to focus on here is not how many people do we know? Never mind, because that that would cause a whole different thing. But what I want to say if this is even if he is not usually in cases like this, they they charge them with the highest thing possible. Right. Then when they go to court, maybe it gets pleaded out. Maybe they, they can't get all the charges to stick and they get something less. The thing that I want to focus on here is in Los Angeles, just discharging a weapon in public carries a I believe it's a minimum sentence of three years. That may be the maximum. Quote me. I'm sure people will be in the comments correcting me if I was wrong on that. But so he doesn't have to be charged necessarily with the intent of shooting Megan the Stallion to do some serious time in jail. And I think that's 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 it's noteworthy because coming in, it would be different if he was charged. If if what they charged him with was just di the discharging of the weapon then I would believe that there's that they didn't have a strong enough case and then maybe he'll get a year, maybe he'll get probation for a year or two or whatever. But because he was charged with the highest possible in this case, the highest charge possible, there's a high probability that Tory is going to do some serious time in this case. So I get it, the people that want to believe Tory. It makes it interesting to see, like, because it had been so quiet for so long, was this the natural progression of things? Did Tory Lane's album coming out and the new publicity surrounding it push forward this timeline a little bit in these charges? It's all interesting. It's all speculation because at the end of the day, none of us know for sure what happened or how what the police are going going um in this with. So it's going to be something that's just it's going to be interesting to watch. He really faces a, a lot of time and. At the end of the day, you know, if, if Megan decides to take the stand, which I would imagine more than likely she's she is like when you just think about the way that cases work out and everything, the victim is is, is more times than not uh, is going to testify. So that's going to be interesting, you know, change of things. And maybe that's what was the linchpin in this case. When you think about Tory not being charged up until this point, the case kind of being quiet. For the most part from a legal standpoint maybe that album that tori released because she said it she said that she didn't want to say anything to the police at the time not out of fear but out of the sense of still trying to protect tori that was what her statement of what she said again i know people may agree or disagree of the validity of that but you have to think that maybe this album coming out megan's like well fuck it if he if he's gonna try to sully my name i'm gonna go ahead and testify and we're gonna do what we can do on this just makes you think it's all it, it sucks because, of course, we have to watch it. We have to talk about it. This is people's life. This is real life shit. 
So it just makes it, it, it makes you think. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, hope justice is served, whatever shape, form that that takes. I hope full justice is served in this case. And I hope if he did do it, that he gets the maximum time that they can give him. That's my personal opinion. If he did this, if he shot this woman in his foot, which I, I like I said, with the information that I was given in my personal opinion on it, I believe that that was the case. You, you could not. I do think that he should serve that time. And it sucks because, you know, I'm not one for black men being locked up in general for false things. But if you do some shit, you deserve to be locked up for it. That's my opinion on it. That's the end of the mind of Hayes segment. I had to give that and talk talk about that because it was two things that were really on my mind this week. And that's the point of the segment. So now what we're going to do, we're going to take a break. Uh, we are going to get into the segment that I really don't know what to call it as far as a segment. I guess it is discussion topic part one. The main discussion topic is the creative mind segment. But we're going to jump into that right after this break. I'll see you guys there. What's up, everybody? This is Dan, a.k.a. Dan on Drugs. And I am Afro Becky, a.k.a. Afro Becky. And we are the Black Law and Legal Lies podcast. podcast, a weekly legal podcast for the culture. Each week, we have conversations with our co-host Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal and our lovely esteemed moderator, Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. Hey. What? Sometimes people do like the opposites. I got to tell you, the way white women somehow hijack the woke movement, generals around the world should be analyzing this. Just to refresh your memory, the woke movement was supposed to be about people of color, not getting opportunities, the at-bats that they deserved, finally making that happen. And it was about that for about eight seconds. And then somehow... White women swung their Gucci-booted feet over the fence of oppression and stuck themselves at the front of the line. I don't know how they did it. I've never heard so much complaining in my life from white women. My anger is so hard with my SUV and my heated seats. You have no idea what it's like to be me. Trashing white guys, the nerve. Where's the camera? The nerve of you white women. Let me, I, listen, I don't want to speak ill of my bitches here, okay? I don't. Well, let's, let's go back in history here, okay? You guys stood by as toxic white males through centuries of our crimes against humanity. You rolled around in the blood muddy, and occasionally when you wanted to sneak off and hook up with a black dude, if you got caught, you said it wasn't consensual. Yeah, that's what you did. That's what you did. So why don't you shut up, sit down next to me, and take your talking to. <laughs> Thank you. So. All right, so that was the clip that you heard from Bill Burr great comedian somebody who always speaks his mind and you know you you saw this and a lot of people were like wow 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 this is this is bill like this is this is stuff that he does and he talks about 
Um, this isn't anything that's completely off the cuff for him. If you're unfamiliar with him as a comedian, I can understand why you, you would think that or be caught off guard by it or think this was some monumental thing. But I think, well, it's monumental in, in, in a couple of ways, right? Not the fact that he said it because, again, he talks about this type of stuff very openly and very bluntly. But I think it's monumental in this case. You have a white man calling out white women uh, for for taking over or trying to use the whole woke movement for their own purpose. But then you have it done on a stage like Saturday Night Live, which is watched by so many people. So it's monumental in that case. Anytime you have someone using a platform like that to talk out about social injustice in, in that type of way, especially if you're calling out other white people, then that is monumental in that way. But so watching this, it got me to thinking, and I don't want to focus it on just white women. I want to really focus this conversation and where I'm going on this on the general thing like i want to make this clear before we get too far into this the white people who are waving the flag for for black lives matter who are standing on the front lines and protesting with black people the ones who are using their white privilege if we're going to call it i know some people disagree with with the with white privilege being a thing or not whatever that's not we did a whole episode on that go and check that out in the archives of the awakened soul episode on white privilege but the thing that i wanted to and even even bill burr using this while you got white people can stand by us they can protest they can use it this whole movement is something that regardless of which way it goes they can always go back to being white they can go back to living their lives they can go back to living in that white privilege they always have something this is a something that they can wear and this analogy comes from steph from the from the gray pill podcast that they can wear just like wet clothing and that once you get home you can shed that off take your shower and put on wet clothing and be back in comfort and so i don't want to say that to deter anyone who is standing out against racial injustice because it is valuable but the thing that I want to make sure that I, that I, that I'm using this platform and my platform to say is that while you guys can stand behind us, while you guys can protest with us, while you can call the shit out like you like we need to and we and we do love and to have and if you look at the way that that movements have been had, we do have to have our our white allies because it helps add fuel to the fire. So we do need that. I'm not trying to take away from that, but you can never understand what it means to live that day to day and to wear that we can't take our black skin off we can't take that off we can't sit here and choose the way that we look or like we can't do that you like yes we can choose to protest some choose to riot those are choices but when we're talking about the injustice itself that is not something that we have a choice in being in living in day to day so by that even bill burr somebody using that platform which i congratulate can only understand and speak to it so much and so this is where like the 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 white wokeness comes at the expense sometimes of people of color and by that i mean that when you look at like the term woke and how it's used nowadays right in the mainstream media the fact that companies like burger king are using it for their social media ads once the term woke has has gone so far and this is coming from somebody who on this podcast i used to have the stay woke segment each and every week of this podcast and i stopped using it because woke isn't woke anymore but and for the people who think the awakened soul has anything to do with being woke it has nothing to fucking do with being woke so let, let's get that first and foremost but i think that when you when these terms and phrases start being co-opted in a way it it highlights the fact of how like this wokeness, this this anger over injustice is something that that you can be angry about. You can fight for, but you can never truly understand it the same way that we understand it. 
And let's let's and, and even some of us don't understand the meaning of woke. Some of us think that woke stay woke is a new term. Stay woke started in the 1940s. Let's get that correct. And it was a term, a political term that was created, of course, by black Americans, meaning that we need to check our own awareness of the issues that are going on. This phrase woke. And then, it, it, of course, it came back up in the in the in the 2010s or whatever. And. It got attached to the Black Lives Matter movement, which then, you know, it filtered out other places as well. And I think when you when you look at like our causes can't even stay our causes and not in the sense that people who support the cause should should like they should be able to support it. But when I say it doesn't even stay our cause is because it then starts being used in ads. It starts being used to critique. Like, look at how many people in both the United Kingdom and America now use the term woke as a way to like. Anytime a black person is speaking out and speaking intelligently, it's almost now used as a thing to tear us down. So it's it's one of those things that it grinds my gears as a black man to sit here and to see so much like this word change so much that that meant something to us at one point. And, you know, now we get we get the, the fake wokeness and the, the people that think being woke means talking with long words and X, Y, Z. Being woke ultimately comes back down to being aware. And a lot of the people now that are using are presenting themselves as woke people aren't aware of anything politically or whatever all they do is sit there and use the use that woke terminology use the appearance of being woke to sit there and push their own selfish agendas and don't let me get on my dr umar shit right um because i have my whole whole issues with him and the wokeness or whatever but now you have the the not even being aware like being socially enlightened but it's it's while i'm sitting here watching this clip or whatever and i'm just like huh i get it i get it but the whole subversion of woke culture the whole subversion of of being quote unquote woke and the popular use of the phrase now it's almost being used to help the injustices that it was meant originally to fight so i <sighs> Again, I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to take away from his message. And then, again, this isn't just focused on this. Let's take a step back from just focusing that on Bill Burr's commentary, his his comments, whatever. But when you look at the how the word woke and the phrase woke and the term woke and the meaning of woke being adopted in a way now in in mainstream media to both talk shit about black people, to make fun of black people, but at the same time to get our money when you look at companies that are using it in their social media marketing it's it it's a slap in the face and that's why i said like the bill burr thing isn't just the focus is not just on white women in this case the term woke is almost it's not it's not recoverable for us now the whole meaning of it just like black lives matter is, is getting very close to that in my opinion in, as well but we need to focus more on things that are going to actually help us and like it, so this is just my thoughts on all of this together um again it can we can only understand it so much I mean, well, they can only understand it so much. And again, I, I've used my platform to say I don't like the whole division thing. Like we're so we're you mainstream media is used so much to divide us as from races to divide, divide us men and women to divide everything that we have. But you have to also understand that even though you support a movement, you can never truly un, like you can never truly live it day to day. We don't have a choice in the in the ways that we live. We don't have a choice in the in the matters of being black people and treated 
in a country where we don't even, uh, many of us don't even know our own history. And that gets back into the conversation of white culture and, and black culture. In my opinion, standing here as someone whose father is white, there is no white culture. There's European culture, there's German culture, there's French culture, there's there's culture as far as a countrywide culture, there's a country, there's culture as, as far as ethnic background, but white culture is not existing. Black culture the difference between white culture and black culture in this sense is that black people, especially in, in America, we are we don't necessarily know where our people can't come from. It's so hard to track that down. We have such a unique experience rather than other races that when you hear black culture, it's it's part it's partly due to us being brought over into a country that we had no say in, living lives that we we were completely separated from our history, not even allowed to learn and, and education and information was withheld from us for so long that we had to start our own culture that's why you can say black culture but that that's a whole story for a whole different way uh, well a whole different show i should say but again this is just my thoughts thinking through and my reaction to hearing this comment in the commentary that's come this far after it you can't understand our story many of us don't understand our story so to sit there and try to act as if you understand what woke is you don't you understand what now the the mainstream media has turned woke and made it become. But we got to we got to keep in mind what the, what it originally started at. If if this woke thing is going to be a thing, which I don't think it is anymore. Again, that's why the stay woke segment went away about a year and a half to two years ago, probably more like two years ago at this point, because being woke is not being woke anymore. Being woke at this point now is an easy term that people want to apply to things when they think they're they're going to get the black people to believe that they're part of the cause or get the black dollar, get whatever else that comes in that way. We got to stop this. We got to stop making it easy for them. Everything that we have in life has been co-opted in some way. When you look at everything that's been African-American culture, black culture in this country, it is always taken away from us and never maintains to be ours. Just look at how the mainstream media goes. Hell, look at hip hop, for example, something that started from us. Look at our cooking, the way that we were able to take scraps and things that people didn't want and turn it into gourmet meals. And now look at how that's turned and become everything that is part of our culture, everything that is ingrained in us, everything that we make and mean something to us eventually gets taken away. And I'm sick of it. But we constantly we also have to hold our, our own feet and our own people to the our feet to the coals in this in, in these cases because we allow it we allow it and we smile and we let them in through the door and then eventually when it's not ours anymore we sit there stuck looking stupid wondering why it's no longer ours because we allow them in the front door and this isn't me getting on my militant shit this is just me being real with where we are as a people where we are in our lives and where we are as a we we don't get the respect we deserve but we don't demand it either and then you wonder why things are going again this is not to be anti-white. This is not that at all. This is to be pro-black. And it and you can be pro-black and not be anti-white. So let me make this clear. I'm not against our white brothers and sisters. I'm not against the people who actually care and to speak out and are sick of the injustice as much as we are. But you don't live it. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm against you guys at all. Let me make that clear and make that very evident to anyone who wants to try to use my words to try to turn it against something. I'm not saying that at all. I welcome any and all of our white brothers and sisters that want to stand by us and help us get through this shit and are tired of the bullshit as well. Show up and show out in the vote and let's see how sick you really are about it. But at the same time, we need to be more selective about the people and the ways that we let our culture and our words and our terminology be used against us to continue to subjugate us. We have 
to get better on it. We have to. That's it. I'm letting this go. I'm getting off this subject. I'm getting off this horse. That's been my thoughts on it. You guys can let me know how you feel. Maybe some people think that I'm way off basis with this. I would love to hear you guys' opinion on it. I would love to continue to have this conversation going, but we are going to take a brief break. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We're going to let the energy calm back down. We're going to get back into a fun a creative, uh, open space. We're going to continue the series on creative minds. We're going to bring Marco on. We're going to discuss uh, his creative process, everything going on like that in the continued um, series of the creative minds. This is volume two. We're going to just take a brief break. Let me get some water. Let me get off my Malcolm X and Martin Luther King shit. We're going to get into that segment. And after that, we'll see what happens. I'll see you guys right after this. Yo, this your boy Flaw 700. What's good, everybody? It's your guy Fresco. And we are the, the Podcast, Podcast Brothers. Brothers. Dig? Yeah. Hey, what is our show about, actually? Our show is about a little bit of everything, man. It's not just one thing, but it's a little bit of this. Right. It's a like a little oh, bit of that. Oh, my goodness. No. Nah. Like that song? No. Not from you. What song is that? I don't know. It don't matter. It. it doesn't matter what song that is. Well, that's what our show is about. It's about two brothers kicking the shit. Real life the real, brothers. Real life brothers. Obviously not by choice. And if you know how brothers get down, you know how we give it up. We don't agree on nothing. And that's what it's like on a podcast show. It makes for a healthy debate, makes for good dialogue, and it keeps the the listener interested as well because it's real brotherly shit. Episodes drop every Sunday. Every Sunday, every platform, you can get a podcast that the podcast brothers is dead. You did. Chill. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? So you guys know I get excited every time I have a first-time guest in the Awakened Soul. And this is somebody who you've heard his voice because I play his ad sometimes on the podcast. If you've seen me on Twitter, I've been interacting with him. This is the light-skinned supreme himself, Mr. Marco, <laughs> from Hear Me Out Podcast and Sip and Smoke Podcast. What's going on, bro? What's up? How you doing, man? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, man. Anytime, bro. I, uh, I, a, I, enjoy, uh, you know, me and you've been interacting for a minute in group me, Twitter, or whatever. And I, I enjoy having people on that I actually know that I fuck with and vibe with. So it's definitely a good thing there. But man, I, I gotta say, let me bury the lead here, man, because I've been listening to Hear Me Out basically almost, almost since you started for real, right? I, I think we mm-hmm. met before. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can tell, even though you have the Sip and Smoke podcast too, like you're growing and, mm-hmm. and as a podcast and you starting and you can tell that you're starting to be more comfortable. It seems like, at least for me. So let me, let me ask mm-hmm. you that, like, cause this is part of the creative mind series. You want to get in your mind as a creative. How do you feel you've grown since you, since you started hearing me out? Um, I definitely think I've grown so much. Um, I, I love telling people my story. I started off recording from my phone. So for me to sit here with a mic and headphones and a computer and know how to edit and shit, like within the time span of like seven months, that was just mind blowing to me. Um, just putting all my passion in. We've had conversations about just investing in yourself, like no matter what the price is, if you if you need it and if you want it, you need to put the money aside and purchase that because it's going to only help you get better. So that's what I've been doing, just out here grinding and trying to make my studio look like yours. <laughs> yeah, listen, this wasn't all, this wasn't built overnight. It may seem like it for some people, but I've slowly gained this equipment over, over the three years I've been doing it, but it's like, I feel it, man. And you, and you hear the difference. And, you know, I remember, even though I started off with, with the mic, I remember when you, like, went from the phone to the mic and like your excitement over it like especially on twitter and it's like 
I miss I miss that that point because like I'm at the point of my creativity now where it's like I'm I'm making short films and shit. Like I, I miss the day the days where when I edited my first podcast and I was just happy I got the music to dip the right way. Like I was like that shit. Yo, so, when I got this mic, I was like, these niggas can't tell me shit. Like, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, definitely. So like, uh, and so something that again, so this this whole series is about getting in the minds of creatives. And so as you st- where you started, hear me out at like not just on the tech side, from the content side, from the delivery side, and where you thought it was going. Where has that changed in the seven months? And just to add that, and I remember when I first started the Awaken Soul, my very first episode. I remember mm-hmm. I just I just wanted to talk about movies and and film. That's all I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like gotten to this point where I'm talking about mental health and deep shit every other week. That it's like I wouldn't never imagine that I could talk about it at the level that I do now. What what has that journey been like you so far and under your first year doing it? Oh, that journey has that journey has helped me mentally. When I first started, like my very first episode, I know it's a cringe and I have yet to go back and listen to it. But I remember that I was just getting out of the um like a breakup stage out of a long relationship. So I know like it's it's talking about all this fuck love and all this shit. But from there to like what I'm doing mentally and opening up and getting people like when people tell me that they listen to my show and I, I say this one line, it, it surprises me. I'm like, damn, sometimes I just be talking. But, you know, like my goal is to reach people in the way in the way I do communicate with people. So um, it's been a great journey just knowing how to like research certain topics and how you're going to display it to the world and actually create your own format. Like my format has changed so many times and it's probably going to change again. Um, But it's just, you know, setting that time out to ignore everything that's going on and just digging your own head. And yeah, I'm just blessed. Definitely. Definitely, definitely, and, and and you're good. You're really good at what you do. Like I don't know if nobody else has told you. Let me tell you, you are fucking good at entertaining this shit. Like I, and it's something that I that I used to struggle with. Like because I feel like I was so focused on the information I was delivering so at, at early on that I forgot to be entertaining. Um, and I'm naturally super quiet. People don't believe that they know me from podcasting. Now I'm naturally super quiet. So it took me a while to get to the point of knowing how to be entertaining. So I get jealous of you motherfuckers who are just wake up entertaining the shit. I'd be looking at y'all like, fuck y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> hey, so I, I've done a lot of customer service. Uh, so they always told me you got to smile through the phone. Mm-hmm. So I always try to smile through the mic and that's how people catch my energy. Definitely. Definitely. Um, <laughs> what if any if if this has happened for you? Uh, because like I said, I'm I was naturally introverted before Pac. I can't even call myself an introvert anymore because I could talk to anybody about anything at any time. But uh, what, mm-hmm. how have you saw that the podcast? has affected your life rather than your life affecting the podcast. I think we always think about it the other way around, like how the podcast reflects our life. But I know mm-hmm. for me, like the journey is me podcasting and being in this creative space has, has improved me so much as a person, as a manager, as a leader and everything, just being in the, on the stage. How, how have you seen that help you? Um, it has helped me discover who I am and what I'm trying to display to the world. Um, just going out to like different restaurants and trying to 
remember that you're a brand now versus like just a person that's just out here and no disrespect to people that's out there but you know like doing this shit i feel like i got a lot to lose and if i'm out there just acting a damn fool ooh, i'm dropping bars and everything um <laughs> um if i'm just out there acting a fool like people are not gonna take me serious yeah. like one day i plan on having merch so if somebody's walking around with my t-shirt and be like oh that's mr me out over there fighting or cussing somebody out exactly. they gonna be like but he over here trying to be motivational on a podcast <laughs> like they're gonna look at me like i'm crazy so Definitely. um it's just just been helping me with my image and how i um how i react to certain things and even with friendships just having those difficult conver- conversations with them to help them grow yeah so when you when your mind has to switch from just being a person to everything you do mm-hmm. reflecting your brand like that moment that you mm-hmm. really start thinking about that it'd be like damn but I really want to go off. I really just want to go off real quick. But let me not. Because all it takes is one one person to see me go off, like you said, and be like, hey, wait a second. Aren't you the dude from The Awakened Soul? You in here cussing people out about getting your order wrong? See, yeah. nah, I can't. <laughs> I can't be out here like that right now. Um, what what so how do you how do you keep yourself challenged as a creative? Um, I think we find as like Again, I try to speak through my own like I went through a, a period of probably for like three months. I felt like I was really stagnating and not mm-hmm. that the content necessarily was bad, but I felt like I wasn't being challenged as a creative. So what I did is I said, you know what? Because I used to like basically write down all my bullet points. And I was like, I'm a Jay-Z this shit. I threw all that shit away. Like I, I people don't know, like some of the <laughs> some of the best episodes that I've had lately have literally I didn't know what I was going to talk about before I flipped on the microphone. But I'm I'm get I'm trying to train myself to get to the point of being able to present all my thoughts to make it sound like you really sat down and thought this topic out. And little do people know, like that Sigma Male episode, that Sigma Male episode that I did, that people loved and ate that shit up, bro. When I tell you I sat down in front of the mic and I was like, what the fuck am I gonna talk about today? Bam, it just came off the top like that. What so what do you do like keep yourself challenging in your creative space? So I mean what I do challenge it. So I actually try to sit down and like do these little bullet points and like try to research. It's just like some of my highest rating shows are when I'm like drunk and I'm literally just talking my shit. And I'm like, but I don't like, I don't want like that Marco to be, you know, every week. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I'm forced to tap, I'm forced to tap into another creative mindset to like actually do the research that I actually find interesting and want to display to the world. Black Lives Matter and all, you know, all the presidential debate. I might touch on it a little bit because I know it's important, but I'm, I, me personally, I can't sit there and talk about it for 45 minutes. Yeah, I feel it. I gotta find, I gotta find things that, um, that, that I've been going through the whole week. So I'm trying this whole dating shit thing, but it's fucking not working. Um, (laughs) So like lately, that's what I've been talking about and experiences. And whenever I do go on these shitty ass dates, it's more content for me. So I just try to find things out in the world to do that. That's going to help me with the episode that I'm producing. Yes. So what I got to ask, what's the worst date you've been on in this stretch? Um, Worst date. See, I don't even do dates. Because it gets a little, 
it it starts feelings and I don't got time for all that. <laughs> but um I've been ghosted. Oh, wow. um, I, I've tried to show my respect and was like, hey, you know, so you cool X, Y, and Z. It's just not going to work. And then nothing else after that. But it was texting me all day and all this other shit. I was like, you know, right when I try to be Mr. Nice Guy, just try to tell people we could be friends, it just go left. So I'm just going to continue to ghost people because... I mean, it's better them than me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's one thing. I have never been ghosted. I was, hey, I was married for most of my adult life. I've been I've been single now for a minute. But, like, so I, I wasn't in the dating world when, like, ghosting and stuff started popping up. Because I, I met my, my ex-wife when I was 16. And we had been together that whole time. So, like, I, did, I, I got to avoid the adult dating. And, like, nowadays, people are so annoying just talking about relationships that I just... I can imagine me seriously being on a date, trying to have a conversation with a woman and then her saying some shit. And I'd be like, you know what? Here goes the money to pay for it. I'm up. I'm out. I just, I ain't got time for this. I ain't got time for the bullshit. I ain't got time. You're like, waiter, just here's the cash. I'm out. <laughs> I'm good. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna head out. Is that what the saying is? I'm gonna go ahead and head out. Yes. I'm gonna head out. Yeah. What? So me and you, we originally met in in the group me in the podcasting group me. Um, you then split mm-hmm. out to Twitter. We started following each other on Twitter. So I always like because my social media activity, not even though I've been on Twitter for ten years, ninety eight percent of my activity has been in the last three years since I started podcasting. So you coming mm-hmm. into like this creative group and what and, and on Twitter in this creative space with other creatives and interacting with podcasters. What was that like for you initially? Because I think people need to hear that too. So anyone who's hearing this who's thinking about starting a podcast. To hear like what is it like initially starting to interact with these people you've never met you don't really know you may listen to their show but you don't really know them so what was that like for you? Um, I thought it was dope. I never realized so piggyback. I actually like meeting people off the internet versus like at bars and shit. You get to see like a different side of them. Um, so interacting on Twitter and then finding out that they're podcasters just like enlighten me enlightens me that much more with them. Um. So it was very welcoming. Um, a lot of people got a lot of knowledge. You just have to basically just ask. Like, there's many times that I've been, like, on Twitter. I'm like, what's the best mic? And the next thing you know, you throw your phone down for five minutes, but then you got, like, eight, nine replies. And now you got to leave Twitter to go do your research. So um, it was just welcoming. And I felt like I belonged there, More, most importantly. I feel like everybody got a voice. Um, there's not anybody like trying to overshine people and do all that other shit. Like I'm gonna make it without you. So, um, just, just a great black community. I feel like we all like the cousins at the cookout that, um, go, go like every three years, but we always stand in the corner and with our red cups and just watch everybody else. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just like any family, you know, you get the shit where you see people like either subbing or getting into little tiffs or whatever. You see the people, it's all love and people just having fun. Talk. It's a little bit of everything in this mixed bag of Twitter. You comparing it to the cookout is the perfect example because sometimes <laughs> it's just like, I, sometimes I don't even tweet for her. I just, I, I be watching almost all the time and I'll just be looking like, y'all tripping today. Oh, y'all, y'all tweeting, tweeting today. <laughs> <laughs> And then you get those threads where me, you, and John are all talking about feet, and people are, I can only imagine what people are thinking about with that. So it's just like <laughs> I, I really be sitting there like, damn, all these niggas can see everything I'm tweeting, Marco. You gotta you gotta lighten up a little bit. But I mean, 
I feel like Twitter is like the voice in your head. You're like, oh, you know what? They will understand. And more than likely, the shit that you think is corny or whatever the case may be, uh, that's the ones that's getting retweeted the most or liked or whatever the case may be. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, it's 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 a great it's a great and bad. It's not necessarily it's only bad if you allow it to be bad. If you allow it to affect your energy, Twitter can be a bad place. But that's why you gotta know when a it's not about you to check the fuck out or just let people just just do them and like it is what it is. But for the most part, it is really all love. And I think that you know I like the way that we kind of hold each other accountable. Like especially when we're actually talking about our content and uh, our mm-hmm. people are having like block songs. I think was that you who tweeted about having podcast block at one point and i'm like don't don't overthink it just do it that was yeah. us i was just like what should i talk about this week and then here you come with an inspirational ti message <laughs> um and i was like you know what but he right though it's gonna come to you and i went on a walk and i was like oh that's what i want to talk about and i got out my notepad and i started jotting shit down there you go there you go yeah it's, it's not not this man called me ti god damn it <laughs> i said motiv- I, said, no, I said you gave me a motivational ti speech because <laughs> oh, you know ti always try to be coming with the speeches talking about you know we shouldn't be no ti you should be worried about you and your family right exactly. now yeah yeah ti is a crazy person uh <laughs> but i gotta i gotta say uh because you mentioned it earlier your uh your drunken episodes i'm not mm-hmm. gonna fucking lie to you bro i'm not even gonna hold you i love that shit i'm not even that was <laughs> that was one of the most fun episodes i've listened to all year i'm sitting here and i think i think i was jogging that night too and i'm just like this nigga is cutting up it's you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes man sometimes i just be like oh i want to hit record and just talk my shit and then i won't put it out the same day because I, I have to go back and yes. listen to it sober just to make sure I'm like, okay, it's a cringe, but you know, if I got backfire, I, I have valid points of what I said. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, like, reaching out and getting into the space now of collabing with other creatives. Uh, well, who are some of the people that are on your wish list to collab with? Who have you gotten to collab with so far that you enjoy? What's that process been like for you? Um, I want to. Um, oh, damn, what was I gonna say? I want to collaborate with everybody black. <laughs> I want to. No, I'm serious. Like, I want to hear everybody's story, like where they came from, like favorite restaurants, like what y'all don't like. Like, I want to know everything. Favorite brunch spots, favorite hookah spots. Um, but ideally, if I could collaborate with probably Charlemagne, um, I really enjoy him on The Breakfast Club. Um, and plus, he's a cancer. Um, shout out to all the cancers out there. Um, you know, shameless plugs. So, I, I feel that like Charlemagne has always been one of my my dream interviews too. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. like in in our our space, somebody who I'm not even gonna lie to you. This this is a transparency moment for Hayes. As big as this has gotten, my podcast has gotten, and all that. Stephanie from the I Said No podcast is like podcasting royalty to me. I've been afraid to okay. even reach out. I've I've had a topic in mind to talk to her about for probably a year and a half, and I have never even sent it to her because I, I've called her the Meryl Streep of podcasting, and I mean every word of that. Like, she is flawless in her delivery. She don't give no Fs. Everything, she's also motivational uh, to just lift people up at any point in time. Like, there's a few people that I hold in regards of being, like, royalty in this podcasting game, and I don't, I don't care. I've never 
asked her about her numbers. I don't even see her talking. I don't care if she only gets five downloads. That woman is is the one of the best podcasters to ever touch a mic, and I mean every word of that. That's dope. So uh, I'm gonna have to check her out. Yeah. Oh man, I'm telling you, man. Like this, she's funny, motivating, intelligent. Everything. It's just, yeah, I, I, I'm afraid. Like, I've worked with a sister. I've worked with Hype. Uh, me and Hype have done a few podcasts together, but I'm just telling you, it's like, I I, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. So, yeah, that's definitely one. Um, you ready? You just got to believe it. Yeah, there you go, man. I need, I need to just man up and just invite her on. But, uh, yeah, man, I really, uh, so what, what, what do you have, man? What's only, what, what has been like for anyone? who is afraid to start a podcast or who's thinking about it, who doesn't know where to get started. Um, what, what would be in a piece of advice that you would give to them? Um, just do it. I've been talking about starting my podcast for about three years. And this was, this was the year that I was just like, you know what, I'm going to hit record and I'll just learn from the, um, and make sure you're being your true honest self. Like I know that there's a lot of, you know, influence, Influencers, so to say, that inspire us to be different people or act a certain way. We, well, let me not say we. I like authenticity. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're real and you keep it real and I feel that energy through the mic, I mean, you already got a listener over here. Um, and make sure it's, you're passionate about it. That's the key. Um, like, just don't, I mean, it's okay to get on the mic and talk shit, but like, one of these days you're going to be drained for just talking shit every single week. Make sure you have some type of passion behind it or some type of motive behind it. Yeah. If the passion will carry you through every single time. And mm-hmm. that's what I like people who like, don't know what to talk about, who don't know how to get started. Like if whatever you can talk about every day, whatever you be thinking about from the moment you wake up, brushing your teeth to when you get to work or even while like, whatever's on your mind and you you're talking to yourself about that should be what you podcast about and it's just that simple like it's it it doesn't really take a lot people think about well should i do this should i do this or too many people doing this don't even worry about that like that's that just do it just do it like it's it's just that simple it's it really doesn't take a lot um so i will say let me add to that um i will say try everything because sooner or later you're gonna find your niche and you're gonna see what works for you and what doesn't i've i've been taking shit in and out of my show just trying to figure out how one how does it sound all the way through and if like more importantly if i'm listening to it and if i don't like it i know my listeners don't like it so just i mean and it's your own show you in charge of it so you can delete and add and do all that shit if you want to yeah yeah don't be like it's it's a living thing like don't don't feel like you got to paint yourself into the topic i there's there's so many people in this game who like launch their podcast with one thing 10 episodes in they find that they're really passionate about something else. They want to do something else. And then they ride that out for years. Like, don't feel like you got to pick your topic and that's all you can talk about. Like, it's it's, it's not that not that straightforward or simple. Uh, you just got to. I mean, it is simple because just do what you love. Just do what you love. Um, so something that I do want to ask you, because for the people who don't know, you, I know we kind of just jumped in and we've talked about your podcast, talked a little bit about your life. Who the hell mm-hmm. other than being light skin excellence? Who the hell is Marco? <laughs> <laughs> um, damn. Um, so I'm Marco. Um, I'm originally from Portland, Oregon. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I didn't know that. Okay. But yeah, I'm in New York. Um, I've done many different jobs from fucking corporate to fast food. And I'm just, I quit my job back in June to just full-time create. 
and really take this shit serious and get it off the ground. I'm um, just taking a leap on faith, and sooner than later, I'm going to be a traveling podcaster. There you go. I'm a, it's going to happen. What kind of first of all, what kind of dog do you got? Man, listen that that <laughs> that's the damn puppy. So he's he's half German Shepherd, half Husky, and more times than not, oh. he's super quiet. But I think I've been down here for a minute today, and he's like, "Look, nigga, I need to go outside. <laughs> like, we need to play. We need to do something." That's so that that's that nigga. You tripping? You doing too much, Bart? Because usually he's honestly pretty quiet. So, um, but yeah, traveling podcast, man. That 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 that's dope. Mm-hmm. There is an actual podcast. I can't remember the name of it now. I can't remember. He all he does is he literally travels and he interviews people. Like he does travel to Europe, travel across the country. Like he travels everywhere, and then he uses some of the funds he gets from that to sponsor black men to get passports so they can also travel. So it's definitely in the in the in the realm of possibility. That's dope as fuck. Yeah, it's definitely in the realm of possibility. So there there goes some motivation for you because it can be done. People think that some of the stuff is like I the pie in the sky dreams, but if you really put your best foot forward, you can do anything. And this platform is so flexible that you can turn it into anything. Uh, what what took you from Portland, Oregon, to New York? Okay, so actually it was from Portland to D.C., but I'm in New York because of God's plan, but God's plan didn't work out, Okay, so now I'm relocating. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. D.C. is my... my second favorite city in the country. So I, you, I love DC. So. The the brunch capital of the world, yeah, or of the of the country. DC <laughs> brunch completely different than the rest. Like legit, people be on brunch for six and eight hours at a brunch, and they be like, <laughs> "I'm like, wait, 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 wait. What do you? It's not time to go home yet. Like it, it really turns into a whole day event. Like that's crazy." <laughs> D- like DC brunch is something serious. You start at like twelve ish, do brunch from twelve to like two, and then it's like a little bit of day drinking for a little bit, and then you got the um, then you got the day party from nine to ten, and if it's a holiday, you got the club from like eleven to three. So it's a whole fucking event and shit. Man, listen, that shit I, is crazy. I live some of my most hood rat days in DC. So. <laughs> Fair enough. DC owes me nothing. <laughs> we'll have to get, dig into that one day. I got to hear about the hood rat days. I love everybody talking about their hood rat days because it's it humanizes us because we all have it. So fuck it. Like you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta gotta own your shit. Um, but that's it, man. I got nothing. I don't want to hold you no more. I really wanted to just take take a time getting your mind for about. That's why it's called Creative Minds, because I like digging in people's minds and getting into their business. That's what I do. So, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, you family at this point. But tell the people uh, where they can find you at, man. Y'all can find me at uh, Twitter and Instagram at This Is Hear Me Out. And you can check me out on all streaming services under Hear Me Out. Episodes drop every Tuesday. Wherever you find your favorite artist at, you can find your favorite podcaster at. That's a great line, by the way. I like I like what you did with that. Uh, that has been Marco. Make sure you go and check out his podcast. Uh, reach out to him, talk to him, because us people forget sometimes the podcasters. We like to hear back from y'all. Like, don't just be a one way mm-hmm. sided. Like, I get it. You get to listen on your jogs and all that, but reach out to us. We like to hear what you guys think about it. But uh, that's been yeah. it. Uh, we out this mug. Peace. Got an extra mic and a fireproof booth Cause you know I'm known to melt a wire too You need a fire engineer when I lay this blaze I melt down tracks, that's reels and slaves Hit the studio, jars and bars to blow BC go with that arsenic flow that don't hold
lies, y'all release the beast untamed. Speech all flame, streets y'all blame. It should be an honor for y'all to speak my name. I could go before your honor, couldn't peep my game. Gotta laugh, y'all act like the spit it the same. Why you can't get in the game? I come from high school and go straight to the league. Who you know who can spit it with seed? Yeah, the truth. Every time I step in the booth, I speak the truth. Y'all know what I'm bringing to you. I bring the truth, BC. Y'all know who I be. I be the truth when I speak, sell, set you free.